So let's open our Bibles at Psalm 8. One of the most beautiful Psalms. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You've set your glory above the heavens. Out of the mouth of babies and infants you have established strength because of your foes. Distill the enemy and the the avenger. When I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, what is man that you are mindful of him and the son of man that you care for him? You have made him a little lower than the heavenly beings and crowned him with glory and honor. You have given him dominion over the works of your hands. You have put all things under his feet, all sheep and oxen and all the beasts of the field and the birds of the heavens and the fish of the sea, whatever passes along the paths of the sea. O Lord, O Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. So our, our text verse for the morning, through the praise of children and infants, you have established a stronghold against your enemies to silence the foe and the avenger. Through the praise of children and infants. Now over the last a number of, of uh, sermons, I shared with you facets of the process of sanctification. Now, sanctification means to set something aside for God's purpose, to to be sanctified. Now, that doesn't mean that you put it away there somewhere and then you carry on with your life. It means, it actually means the opposite. Something that used to be out there, you bring it into. That's part of who you are. That, that you bring into the light of God's presence. And then you stay in the light of God's presence. And you bring more and more of yourself into God's presence. You don't leave it out there. You don't live two lives. So it's a process to set little bits of yourself aside for God's purpose. And we spoke about where, when, how does it happen. So, I shared this idea of prayer space with you. Time space. You're going to have a certain time when you are busy with the process of sanctification. It's got to happen some, some, somehow, at some, some other time. So you set time apart. For God's purpose. And then, it's going to happen somewhere, and you set space aside for that purpose. Where God can work with you. When he can, where, where He can change you. So, put the idea of time and space together, and you get time space. So the question is, to intentionally put time space aside for God's purpose. And in time space, 
really important things happen. The process of sanctification happens there. If there's no time space, there's not going to be sanctification. You're not going to change. If nothing changes, nothing changes. So the one thing that does have to change is you've got to have time space. Set aside for God's purpose so He can write on your, the tablets of your heart. Remember? We said this last time. Where the Holy Spirit can work with you. Now there's a number of, of text verses that I shared with you over time and last, last Sunday as well. And if you listen to these, these verses from, from, uh, and you put them together, you will probably understand this idea of time space or prayer space then a little bit better. Let me, and I did explain it with this. When the Bible says that your body is a living temple of, of, of God, of the Holy Spirit, then your body becomes prayer space, time space, prayer space, the place, the sanctuary where God changes you. It becomes the tabernacle of God. It becomes the temple of God. Although it's built on your two little legs. So wherever your legs go, the sanctuary goes along. And when you bring into this sanctuary the way you see things, the way you hear things, the way you touch things, do things, in other words, the way you speak about things, you bring this, these things, the way you, your heart deals with things, how you feel about them, you bring them into the sanctuary, into this prayer space. Wherever you take this prayer space along with you, like the Israelites took the tabernacle along with them, with, that was the, the symbol of God's presence in their midst. Wherever you pray in, times, in, in, in this little sanctuary, God starts changing your mind and your mouth and your hands and your heart and your eyes and your ears starts changing it. And that is the process of sanctification. So some of these verses, I just want to remind you quickly. In, uh, in Romans 11, verse 36... Paul says to the Romans, time space, or that prayer space in God's presence, in this little sanctuary, this is where we set the honor and praise and worship and dignity aside for God. Nothing for ourselves. We set it aside for God. This is where He gets honored. The honor, the praise, the worship, the dignity... And then in Acts 17, verse 27, this is the place where we see God and reach out for Him and find Him. The honor and the praise is a mouth thing that you bring into this space. 
to search for him and touch around as if you could find him and then find him. This happens in this sanctuary where you stretch out your hand to touch him literally. It happens in this space according to Acts 17. And this is what Paul actually mentions to the Greek philosophers when he speaks to them about the unknown God that they worship. And he says, I will reveal to you who this unknown God is. He is the one to whom we set all the honor and the glory and the praise and the dignity aside. He's more honorable than any of your gods because he's the creator of everything. And he's not far from us, he says to them. Because in him we live and move and have our being. That's how close this God is that created us, this unknown God. But in prayer space, in this sanctuary that you carry with your own little legs, this is where God reveals himself in this way. This is where the Holy Spirit writes on the tablets of our hearts. Remember? I said this with you. Where he writes living letters. Where he he writes his will on, on the tablets of your heart. Not a Ten Commandments written on on, on tablets of stone anymore, but he writes those things on our hearts. And he translates into love your neighbor as yourself and God above all and and, um, to actually do it. This is the place, Romans 12 verse 2, where we are transformed by the Holy Spirit, through the the renewal of our minds. So in this space, even our minds get changed. The way we think. In this place, in this sanctuary, in this time space, we press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of us our hand again. What are we busy doing? What are we reaching for in life? What is it that we try to grab before we die? To bring that into this space, into this sanctuary. And in this sanctuary we start reaching for God's goals. For God's purpose for us. That for which we were set aside in his heart. We start reaching for that. So today, with that uh, in the background, you understand this little sanctuary. Um, Is there anyone who would like to ask a question about the sanctuary? Because I really need you to understand this. Otherwise, I'll keep going until... I think you understand it. Are you happy with that your, your body is a, a sanctuary of the Holy Spirit? Are you happy with that? Do you understand that? 
Do you understand that your body, wherever your body goes, the sanctuary goes. And this sanctuary is the place where you pray. And this is where God opens your eyes and your ears and your heart and your mind to see the unseen. Right? So if you leave this space, that's not going to happen. You're going to fall in doubt again about who you are, who God is, and so on. And what your goal should be and what you're busy doing and what you're supposed to be busy doing, that's going to become all over the place again until you come back into the sanctuary. So it becomes a prayer life. I mean, this is who we are. We don't pray to turn God's, God's arm or to negotiate with God or to change his mind or to tell him what we really need. We don't really pray because of that. We pray because this is who we are. Yes, and in the process we mention all those things and he changes all those things. He changes our hand, what we reach for. He changes our minds, our hearts, what we believe and what we understand and how we feel about God's, God's plan for action and God's people and God's creation and so on. And that's, this brings us back to Psalm 8. Beautiful Psalm. A bit complicated in, this, in the, the version that we've read. A bit complicated. The old ES, uh, um, American Standard Version was, was a little bit easier for the ear. Um, go back to your translation. Go read it again, the translation that you're com- comfortable with. Uh, this one is, is um, it's a very good translation if your English is good enough. So please go work with it again. Go read Psalm 8 again and again. But what happens here? David finds himself in this little sanctuary. He finds himself in this prayer space. And in this prayer space, God opens his eyes and he sees through the windows of the sanctuary, he sees God's creation. And he sees himself. And he sees his fellow humans like you and I. He sees them through the windows of this little sanctuary. And he sees the... Uh, let's, let's read the psalm from verse, verse uh, 2. Actually, from verse, verse 3. When I look at your, your heavens, the work of your fingers the moon and the stars which you have set in place. What is man? What are, what are we? Who are we? That you are mindful of us, humans, including me. That you care for us. You see us and you care for us. In this prayer space, his, open, his eyes open and he can see that and he understands that. He gets prayer vision. His, his mind gets enlightened. You know that in a dark, on a dark stormy night and there's thunder and lightning and so on, the moment the lightning, you know, flashes, you see stuff that 
just for that moment, it's so clear. In this little sanctuary, when you pray in God's, in God's presence, there's this moment where everything just becomes clear. Who God is, who I am. And then you can't but start glorifying Him with your mouth. And you can't but get your mind changed as far as whatever. Your whole perception of life and things and people and yourself changes. You get cut to your real size. And God gets elevated to His real size. And you can't but worship Him. Wherever you are, through whatever you're busy doing, to worship Him. It might be at work or at play or at rest or it can be anywhere. But that, that's where you will say, how wonderful, how wonderful are you, Lord? When I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you've set in place, what is man that you are mindful of him and the son of man that you care for him? And for me, yet you've made him a little lower than the heavenly beings and crowned him with glory and honor. This is us. You have given him dominion over the works of your hands. You made us responsible for your creation, this beautiful creation. You have put all things under his feet, under our feet. We are responsible, responsible for God's creation. All the sheep and oxen and also the beasts of the field, the birds of the heavens, the fish of the sea, whatever passes along the, the paths of the seas. Oh Lord, oh Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. He starts with those words, he ends with those words. There's, this is what the process of sanctification is all about. And this is what happens in this little sanctuary. This is where it happens. This is time space set aside for God's purpose. And this is where everything changes. Everything changes. Because of God's presence and of His Spirit's work in our minds and hearts and with our hands and feet and our mouths and eyes and ears and so on. But then, in verse 2, he says something. And he actually starts with that. He also sees through the windows of this little sanctuary. He sees God's enemies. And he hears the noise that these enemies make. The way they use God's name in vain, how they scoff, how they make jokes about God, how they deny God, how they, they, they verbally abuse children of God. He hears all those noises. Like the noises of demons in the mountain. Remember um, Legion, the man in uh, the area of the Gerasenes, that we preached about last Sunday. He hear all those noises of demons shouting in the mountains. 
And then he says something really special. His eyes are opened for something really unusual, unexpected. He sees babies. Babies and infants. And he hears the voices of babies and infants. And he says, out of the mouths of babies and infants, you have established strength because of your foes. When he hears the sounds of babies and infants that honor him with the faith of a child, with the trust of a child, with everything, it's all or nothing. When he hears those little voices, those little sounds, it hushes all the noise of demons out there. And that is the prayer vision, the, the prayer, well, the ability to hear. His ability to hear just opens up. And he hears the quietness and the stillness of God's presence. And the rest doesn't matter, doesn't hear it. And it's because of little kids. He sees the little kids from the sanctuary. He hears their voices. Now, forgive me for referring back to the grandkids that I'm involved with. But God's teaching me many things through, through them at the moment. So I can't not share it because David is sharing it. And he teaches us to listen to our young little kiddies. You know, they play in, in the house for a while and so on, and then they really become a handful. And we say they're naughty, and we want to discipline them and all of that. But open the door, let them go out, and they start just, they just go sit there in the sand, and they just, you know, touch the sand and taste the sand and the little twigs and leaves and stuff. They literally reach out for God. They want to come into, into, into the presence of the someone who made all of this. And they really, really enjoy and experience the works of His hands firsthand. They, they, you can leave them there for half an hour. No expensive toys, nothing. Just that, a, a rock. I saw little Noah the other day. I mean, we're talking babies below two years old. We were at a, at a beach, and there's a lot of rocks, and he started packing, putting these rocks on top of each other and gathering them and so on. Big ones, you know, as big as he could carry with his little legs. Put them there. He played an hour just for the rocks. So, when you see this, you see a little, little one glorifying God. And all the noise out there just disappears. And this is what faith like a child is all about. When we focus on God's creation and take our responsibility, 
to do whatever we are trained to do in God's creation and do that the best we can. And we bring that into the sanctuary and we see the God behind all of this. We become like little children. There's not many words. There's just this tranquility, this peace of mind, this carefree being in His presence. That is the outcome of the process of sanctification. We, be, we grow smaller again so that He can, can, can call us my child. It, and it teaches us to pray like a child when he says, our father. He doesn't actually use the word father. He uses the word Abba. And the word Abba doesn't mean father. It means daddy. The kind of word that a young little kid would use. This is how he teaches us to pray. And you know he said to to the disciples when they asked who is the biggest in the kingdom of God, he said, and he took a child from the, from the, from the crowd and he said, you gotta, he's the biggest in the kingdom of heaven. You've got to become like little kids, little children. Otherwise, you won't be able to enter my kingdom. So the sanctuary that I'm speaking about, where the process of sanctification happens, we grow smaller there. It's not a large sanctuary, by the way. It's pretty small. So you can't, if you grow too large, you, you don't fit anymore. It's a small sanctuary. So you've got to grow smaller. The smaller you grow, the more space you get to worship God. And that made me think of Mansfield, our little congregation. And maybe we should, when we are in the sanctuary, we should start seeing and listening, opening our eyes and our ears and our hearts for our children. Yeah. Maybe they're not so many, but they're so precious. And you know, every child is a mother's world. And a father's world, that one child have to see them and hear them and be, be very intentional about them. So you get a chance to represent them in our church. Ethan, we don't even know you too much, that, that much. But this is, this is how precious it is. This is how precious they are. So my prayer is that Mansfield, that we, will really make space intentionally for our young people, for our children, and make sure that they are being taken care of as best as we can. And learn from them how we should grow and how we should worship God, our awesome God. They will teach us I mean, 
Father God, we can listen to all the voices out there, to the screams of demons out there, or we can listen to the voices of little children and how they glorify your name and find peace in your holy presence. This is my prayer for each one of us. That you will give us that peace in this little sanctuary that you've given us on our two little legs. That we will have peace in here. And that you will give us prayer vision. So we can see the world for what it is. So we can see ourselves and each other for what we are. Wonderfully made by you. And so we can give glory to you. Now and forevermore. In your name we pray, Lord Jesus. And together we pray, Daddy, may your name be glorified. Amen.